0: Welcome to the Golf Exposed Podcast. It is non-stop trash i
1: There's supposed to be pros here. I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf. Golf Exposed Podcast. But it wasn't talked about like it is now. We got our
0: Where we give you the good, the bad, and the truth about golf business, betting, and stories. Welcome back to the golf exposed podcast. My name is Jordan Michael Colson, your host and my co-host as well as the CEO of brown golf management and golf back always joining us here on the golf exposed podcast is john brown john fresh off a road trip very productive. And before we get started, I just like to mention and say thank you to everyone who's ever downloaded an episode. We have reached a mini milestone here over 2000 downloads just this week. And uh, we're very happy about that. So how does that feel?
2: It feels good. I mean, we're, we're this is fun doing these podcasts. I think we're trying to do it in an informative fashion, so that hopefully some of the folks that are listening can actually pull some of the information out and apply it into their own operations. But uh, you know, one, it's enjoyable segments to do with you. You make it very easy. But two, uh, you know, hopefully everybody enjoys sort of the delivery and the content and the way we're doing it. Uh, but two thousand uh, downloads is great.
0: Yeah, and today we have a lineup of heavy hitters, and we're going to talk about innovative golf companies within the industry. We have an esteemed panel of guests, John, that you helped us line up here. We have Tyler Gottstein of the Caddy Kiosk, Then we'll be joined by Charlie Klaus of Spark Golf, as well as Ben Baldwin of Best Approach Publications. So all these companies, much like Golfback and Brown Golf Management, are really pillars of innovation in the industry. And John, before we invite them on, what do you know? What's your relationship with these gentlemen and their companies?
2: All three companies are run and started by entrepreneurs who found a niche in the golf industry in the marketplace, provided and produced a product to fill a niche. I think all three uh, are bringing, you know, different variations of what they offer to help golf operators. And it's one of the things I love about the golf industry. You know, sometimes we get a little bit frustrated because it's fragmented. But honestly, because it's fragmented, I think it, it, it delivers a lot of innovative thoughts and processes. And I think these three companies really fit uh, that mold and and they found uh, you know a vacuum in the marketplace, and they're looking to fill it.
0: Now you yourself are a relatively young guy, young businessman, young entrepreneur in your own right, as well as the gentleman that we have here. Do you think that some of these innovative companies and new ways of thinking could potentially sort of intimidate the old guard, so to speak, because golf's a very traditional game. There's a rich lineage. Do you think some of these companies might be met with some opposition in trying to move forward and innovate within the industry?
2: I think anytime you bring new uh, thoughts and opinions into the golf space, golf industry, you're going to have some friction points without a doubt. However, I mean, I know these three companies and I think their ideas uh, bring a lot of merit and value to the golf operators. You know, we've used all three or we actually were, were a tutorial club for Tyler's company, Caddy Kiosk. And then we've used the products for the other two with Spark and with Best Approach. And, you know, the reason that I was attracted to the companies in the first place is because they were different. So, uh, you know, for me, that sparked interest and uh, and I found value from that.
0: As an entrepreneur yourself, and we'll talk a little bit about some business strategies with these guys too, but... Is it difficult? I mean, it's difficult to get launch any new endeavor, get it off the ground, but with yourself as a young guy coming out of college, and I know you had some background in the industry, of course, and you were kind of born into the industry in a number of ways, but is there a, an intimidation period for you that's like, hey, I'm going to work for myself, I'm going to invest a lot of, of my own time, money, and energy into this? And it can be a little scary to navigate those waters. A lot of young people who get on Instagram and Facebook, they want to be this self-made person. But what does that really
2: entail to be like a self-made entrepreneur? Was it scary for you personally? It's risky. It's great risk. It could potentially be great reward, or it could potentially just be a great learning opportunity and really not be successful. And I think uh, that's one of the reasons I'm always drawn when I see you know an entrepreneur tackle any industry and come up with a new and innovative idea. You know, they're taking a leap of faith, they're working hard, and at the very least, they're either going to build something that's successful, or they're going to learn a lot about maybe why it wasn't successful in the process, and you know they'll be stronger for it in the future. So I think all three of these companies fit right into that mold, and, uh, and they've been a treat to get to know and start to work with, and hopefully some of the listeners out there say, hey, maybe we'll check that company out. They can do their own research and see if it might be a fit for their company. But, you know, you're really getting three different angles here. You're with Spark. You're getting a look at how you can potentially drive more rounds. Uh, with Caddy Kiosk, a different way to sell golf course inventory. And with Best Approach, a different experience for the golfers. So really three different ways uh, to improve your facility potentially. So hopefully everybody enjoys the content today. Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to just kind of kicking back and listening to you ask the questions. Obviously, I know a lot more about these three companies than you do. So I think it's a great format for you to learn about the companies and really get what they're doing out into the marketplace and uh, and see where it goes.
0: Well, John, I'm d- definitely going to let you kick back and I'm going to tackle these interviews here. Before I do, anything new and exciting going on with Brown Golf and Golfback? I know that you're on the road and you're pounding the pavement here. So um, anything you can divulge that people can look forward to?
2: Pretty strong uh, management lead uh, in the New Jersey market that I feel pretty, pretty confident we'll be able to close. And uh, we're looking at a brand new property down in the Carolinas that we're really excited about starting uh, to potentially go down that road. So that's some Brown golf news and golf Back continues to grow. I mean, we continue to see more rounds. We're adding more clubs. There'll be an announcement uh, in the near future about how golf Back's gone international. So a press release will be coming out. So Uh, Things are moving, uh, plotting steady forward, and on the graph chart, uh, moving up. So I feel good.
0: That's awesome. All right, John, we're going to let you go. We're going to invite in Tyler Gottstein of the Caddy Kiosk. Thank you, John. Thanks. Welcome back to the Golf Exposed podcast. I'd like to welcome in Tyler Gottstein, of course, of the Caddy Kiosk platform. Tyler is a pillar of innovation in the golf industry. He's founded four companies and earned an MBA. And MED from the University of Washington. Tyler's latest endeavor is the new platform Caddy Kiosk, which provides autonomous technology to deliver the ultimate omni channel shopping experience. We're honored to invite Tyler to the Golf Exposed podcast. Tyler, you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So, in broad strokes, the Caddy Kiosk platform allows golfers the freedom to try, compare, and purchase products at their convenience. Now, let's pretend that I'm a moron, which will not be too difficult. How does this platform carry out those promises? And tell us a little more about what the Caddy Kiosk actually does and who it benefits.
3: Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Caddy's on the mission of, you know, revolutionizing the customer experience uh, for every golfer. Um, We're really focused on the public golfer, the majority of golfers. You know, we believe that they don't necessarily have the greatest experience now. And the world is is quickly evolving too, so there's there's a need for technology. So our platform, as you mentioned, is an, an omni-channel. Um, it combines a, a mobile marketplace with a, a proprietary autonomous kiosk uh, that we invented and, and built. And what makes us a special is that we leverage and empower the golf course and. We bring this experience of being able to try before you buy on the golf course, being able to see the result of every swing, um, being able to see the product in action. Um, We provide autonomous customizations to the club. Uh, One of the biggest features is our kiosks are essentially little warehouses. So it allows a golf course to service its community. So maybe they don't even purchase it at the golf course, they purchase it on their phone and it's delivered Uh, to up, you know, up to 20, 30 miles away to that customer, uh, removing that shipping time for the customer, but also um, creating this awesome experience for the golf course.
0: So Tyler, tell me a little bit about yourself. Looking at you, you have to be a relatively young guy. And I was just talking to John about this too, who in the industry, he's very young, although he has a wealth of experience. So when you embark on an endeavor and it says on your website that you founded four other companies, Was a little scary knowing that you're going to invest your own time, money, and energy kind of working for yourself, for lack of better terms? And there's a lot of people in this day and age, if you look at Instagram, who want to be self-made and young entrepreneurs, but I don't know that they really know what that entails. What was it like for you? Was it scary? Was it a learning curve? Are you still learning to this day? Put us in your shoes as a young entrepreneur. What was it like to embark on these separate endeavors and the Caddy Kiosk specifically? Yeah,
3: yeah. I learned at at a young age that I, I didn't like to have bosses and I, I, I didn't like to have the structure of nine to five, um, but I also learned, which is kind of my mantra that I love the, the journey. So the, I really love the, the going from idea to building it, to having some success. Um, and that's what kind of wakes, gets me up every day to start, you know, to start uh, especially at Caddy and to start businesses.
0: At the Golf Exposed podcast and Brown Golf, we're all about transparency. John told me that you operate the same way. So how does the the Caddy Kiosk actually benefit a course owner-operator? Is it possible that the platform could cannibalize a revenue stream, such as a pro shop or if they do equipment rental at the place? Or does it actually add or enhance an entirely different or new revenue stream?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And I get a lot of criticism from critics about this. And I think it's misunderstood, you know, with my understanding of of public golf courses, often uh, the pro has so many things, you know, so many tasks that he oversees and he doesn't get to do things that he really would love to do. Like he's not teaching as much as he would want. He's not able to give the attention to the pro shop that he probably wishes he could. And, you know, and they're often doing everything, you know, mowing the, mowing the grass, maybe. And that's kind of why we've seen this trend over the last 20 years of going from pro shops to big box retailers and now to the internet. And really what Caddy does and what we're really pushing to do is be a complete value add for the golf course. So not only do we, we revenue share and pay the golf course to be there, but uh, we can provide the structure. We, we handle all the inventory costs we're, we use data to, to uh, limit excess inventory at the end of the year. And these are all things that are normal in traditional retail environments, but it's really hard to manage, you know, at a golf course.
0: So the platform seems very scalable or applicable to other athletic endeavors or industries, or certainly other venues than just golf courses. So has that been discussed at all?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so Caddy was founded in 2016, basically on the thesis that uh, the world was moving to the internet, to the digital marketplace, and um, not all products could be effectively sold online. So golf is, you know, is obviously a, a clear a sport where the beauty of the club and being able to try it and the customization isn't great for online. So there's a lot of other comparable industries, um, like like uh, baseball or hockey, or you know, we're we're from Southern California, so it could be surfing, skiing. I'm a big skier. So so we really envision, and this is how this becomes a, a massive retail platform, is if we're in Able to take on a lot of the, a lot of the sporting other sporting industries, and I think a big part of our success is our TS is so mobile. It's cloud based. It even can run on solar, and it can go to the venue. So, like we can put it on the golf course, like on the driving range, um, or we, we can put it at a, at a baseball facility, or we can put it on the boardwalk in Huntington Beach, or we or we can put it on on the mountain in, in Park City, Utah.
0: Companies like yours and even our golf back platform. Anytime there's a new technology or a new way of thinking, quite frankly, introduced, especially in the golf industry, as you know, rich lineage, a lot of history there. Do you get any apprehension or confusion from the old guard, for lack of better terms, in the golf industry who just don't fully get it or just don't really want to see it be successful because it is a new line of thinking?
3: Yeah. I love I love people that work in the golf industry. You know, it's you almost instant, instantly connect with with almost everyone uh, we're all made of of the same fabric as they say. Uh, but it's also really hard because I think that everyone's risk averse. There's a there's I feel like once you get a good job in the golf industry, you keep it forever. So there's not a lot of change, change that happens. Uh, I, I think in our situation, um, since the world made this obvious drastic change in 2020 with the pandemic it kind of opened everyone's eyes and it's, it's kind of forced these really traditional risk adverse brands and golf, golf course management companies. And I mean, and there's a new wave of all these golfers to at least um, maybe change their way of thinking and embrace some new technologies.
0: It appears to still be in its embryonic stages. You probably feel like you've been chipping away at it for your entire life, but you said 2016 is when it really started to get off the ground and it is relatively new to the market. And it appears on your website that you are currently seeking investors. So um, what is your website? How can people get more involved with the platform or learn more? We started uh,
3: crowdfunding during the pandemic at the end of the year into 2021, and we've raised uh, over $1.3 million. Um, we, we have just three weeks left in our campaign, and we are taking investors from... We really wanted this community of golfers, so the, only, the minimum investment is 250 bucks. And we've built this community of 1,500 mostly golfers that really invested in our company that play more than an investor role with us because we have been really leveraging them to help us make sure that we're de- developing technology that the golfers want. And you can visit our, our portal for, for making an investment at
0: com slash caddy, C A D I Well, Tyler, we greatly appreciate your time. We wish you nothing but the best. The platform is exciting to say the least. I think the industry needs more people like you who are forward-thinking and young and ambitious. So thank you for what you're doing and we greatly appreciate your time today.
3: Yeah, thank you, Jordan. And uh, have a great day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Exposed podcast. Our next guest is Charlie Klaus of Spark Golf. Charlie is a graduate of St. Louis University with a bachelor's of science in marketing and has a vast array of experience in senior sales, marketing, and operations with 15 plus years of creating and scaling technology and marketplace businesses. Charlie currently serves as a CEO and co-founder of Spark Golf Spark Golf is a network of nine-hole special golf leagues organized to be casual and fun with a touch of friendly competition. The Spark app makes it easy for players of all skill levels to enjoy and play more golf.
1: Thanks, Jordan. Happy to be here.
0: Now, first and foremost, I love this approach to the game of golf. As a casual player who just wants to go out to a course, talk a little trash with his bros, have some social interaction, Spark Golf sounds perfect for someone like myself. I would love to play at a competitive level, but the truth is I suck, so um, I can't do that. Now, how did you identify this void in the marketplace, and what prompted you to embark on the initiative that is Spark Golf?
1: Yeah, so I think we were we are looking at the at the golf at golfers as a whole, and, and realized that a lot of golfers are like you. I mean, they're looking just for fun, social, organized events at golf courses. And um, when we kind of looked at the space, um, the golf leagues uh, obviously have existed for a long time, but no one was doing it really like nationally, right? Most golf leagues are either very local or regional at most. And we decided that um, it'd be a good opportunity to kind of build a national brand of Spark Golf Leagues and try to scale it across the country
0: we all know that in 2021 most people can't look up from their phones for two seconds their attention span is nanoseconds at best nine holes sounds like a pretty reasonable and fun day to me 18 can be a daunting task at times now did that factor into your decision making and your um, methodology for this
1: absolutely we've always been a fan of nine hole golf Uh, we like the convenience how fast it is uh it's easier to sell to the family to let you get out and go play nine holes, especially if it's after work. Um, so it 100 percent nine hole golf is where we want to be. We actually don't offer any 18 hole golf right now. And, and that's uh, that's for, for a reason.
0: Can you tell me some of the feedback that you've gotten from the general public or people who are enjoying the game on this platform? That They have to be loving it.
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, ultimately they love the fun social brand that we've created. I mean, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. This is not a competitive USGA event. It's it's we're getting you off your couch to go play golf. I mean, and that's what people love. They, they love that it's organized in advance for them. They don't really have to do much. They just have to, they get our notifications of when to register for rounds. They click a couple of buttons in the app and they're in Everything's set up for them when they get to the golf course and they play. The app scoring is very good and very cool. They love the user interface. They love the live leaderboards, uh, seeing who won skins, that kind of thing. And then they love going home and, and using that the kind of stats and handicap calculations stuff while they're on their couch watching TV and kind of seeing how they're doing each uh, each week.
0: So it's a really cool platform. We're going to get back to Spark Golf here in a moment. But um, Charlie, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, At Brown Golf, John operates his business with full transparency. He said you're very much the same way, um, very aligned in a lot of your ways of thinking. So um, what made you, when did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Were you born with the entrepreneurial spirit? Um, As we talked to our other guests about today, we know you're going to invest your own time, money, and energy into any endeavor that you're doing and it can be very scary, for lack of a better term. So when did you know that you were kind of cut from that cloth?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, growing up, my, my family owned an ice cream uh, store in, in our hometown of O'Fallon, Illinois. I'm from the Midwest. Uh, so I worked there since I was 12 years old and, and really watched my dad kind of operate it. I mean, it was a side job for him. So it was cool to watch him do his day job, kind of come at night to close the shop down and whatnot. I helped me and my brother helped him out a lot. Uh, so I, I kind of got the drive for uh from there. Um, out of college, I had a small business. That I started with my college roommate and ran it for about three years, uh, then got more into the corporate world and, and always felt like I was missing something. And I wanted to do something more on my own and uh, was able to get with the right group of guys to start Spark Golf.
0: In that vein, can you share with me some of the success stories of how Spark has helped make a club more profitable? You don't have to get into specific details or figures, but um, you said you you do a lot of the legwork there. Um, And and, In what ways are you helping make clubs more profitable?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's pretty easy to get started with Spark. Uh, we, we do have a target list of golf courses that we believe it will work at and reach out to. Golf courses also reach out to us. Um, but ultimately, if you have uh, open space on your T-sheet on a Monday through Thursday after five o'clock, uh, we will bring a Spark League to you um and and ultimately depending on your location your location um the players around you like the the golf league can grow go from four players to 64 players a week and some our best leagues that we have multiple across the country are doing 64 player shotguns at five thirty every single week for a 25-week season so you do the math i mean it ends up being a pretty good chunk of money um for those players and and we also find out that a lot of these players are newer to the game and, and we give the opportunity to the golf course to turn them into their regular customer buying 18 holes at nine o'clock on a, on a Saturday when they can earn the, the best yield from them.
0: So what does an ideal spark club look like?
1: It's a public right now. It's a public golf course. Um, and, and honestly, we have all kinds of different clubs. We have clubs that like Dubshire golf course in Orlando, Florida, which is right in the middle of the city. Couldn't get a better location as far as de- like density and traffic. Um, and then we have other clubs that are out in the, the boonies. Right. And um, but they have enough golfers that support the club that could ultimately support a spark golf league and, and get 20 players a week, which I mean, over a 25 week season, um, that makes sense for them to do.
0: So if people want to learn more about the platform,
1: where can they find you online? So they should go to our website, uh, spark.golf. So it's at spark.golf. Um, and from there, we've got a very good nearby feature where they can just put in their zip code and find the closest uh, spark league to them. If you're a course operator, there's a course operator page on the website where you can uh, simply put in like a phone number, email that will give us a uh, kind of a notice to reach out to you and we'll reach out to you within 24 hours.
0: Well, Charlie, we greatly appreciate your time today. Everyone at Brown Golf's a big supporter of what you're doing. Um, continue to innovate, and thank you so much for not only what you're doing, the sacrifices you made, but thank you for your time today.
1: Awesome. Thank you for your time as well. Thanks, Jordan.
0: Welcome back. Our final guest on our esteemed panel on today's Golf Exposed podcast talking about innovative companies and innovative people and entrepreneurs in our industry. Our guest at this time is Mr. Ben Baldwin. He is the director of sales and business development at Best Approach Publications. He's also a PGA professional who graduated from New Mexico State with a degree in marketing and golf management. He currently serves, as we stated, as the Director of Sales and Business Development for Best Approach Publications. They are makers of the world's best-selling yardage guides and innovator of the quick-coil technology marketing system. Best Approach offers a range of high-quality golf-related products and services, including, but not limited to, golf course apps and hole locators. Ben, greatly appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy guy with everything I just listed and then some, so thank you for being on the show.
4: Happy to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: So according to LinkedIn, you're currently in Arizona. Is that correct?
4: Correct. Yeah. The Phoenix area.
0: You said you're near Phoenix. So I'll just ask you, we'll just put it out there. I know you're a golf guy, but I don't know if you're a sports guy. Would you drop 10 K on the suns to win it
4: all right now? 10K is a pretty pretty hefty bet, but uh, with a with a one game lead and as well as they're playing them defense for the first time in the history of the Suns, actually being able to you know play some defense, uh, I like their chances. I mean Giannis was back last night and he still really didn't have that big of an impact, so we'll see if we can get get out of Phoenix with a two game lead. I, I like our chances.
0: You've been involved in a myriad of endeavors in the golf industry, so. You know, we're sort of moving into this technological boom period in the golf industry, so it seems. With everything that you're doing, with the other companies we talked about today on this show, and with John's company, Golfback, um, do you think there's there's obviously positives? Do you think there's any negatives from those things? Well,
4: one thing I could say is, you know, losing the the human interaction aspect and the customer service aspect of of things in the industry. You know, um, as long as you find a facility that still understands that they need to touch and feel and be involved with their customers, you know, on a face-to-face basis, but make it easier for them to interact with them through all the technology solutions that are available um, and not, you know, completely step away where it, it feels like a, you know, you're not building relationships with your customers. Um, that That's the one area that I can see that, you know, advancements in technology might separate things out and kind of make the game not have that, that human Aspect that really kind of drives the social part of golf. Tell me
0: a little bit about uh, Best Approach Publications. We, we touched on it in Broad Strokes, a little little during the intro of the show. But what does it actually do? Who actually benefits from the attributes that the platform has?
4: The company as a whole works directly with golf courses. Um, whether it's you know large management companies that have an a, you know an asset base that you know like Brown Golf with with theirs or, you know, some of the other companies in the world and Troons and whatnot. Um, Or if it's just one-off mom and pop shops uh, or equity private clubs, um, we work directly with the club to, you know, create digital and print assets that they can use in very, you know, a myriad of different ways, whether it's, you know, delivered through a micro website or through uh, a, a native mobile application or, you know, a traditional printed yardage book or a scorecard. Um, you know, we find out by working with our customers or people who are interested in working with us, what they need, and then tailor a solution kind of to their, to their operation.
0: So what's been the best or most rewarding part from being involved since the embryonic stages of all this and to seeing it to where it's become now, what's
4: been the most rewarding part for you personally? My satisfaction comes from our, you know, our ability as a company to look at, individual needs on a case-by-case basis, tailor programs to best fit that operation and then look at the successes of what we've done for that operation, you know, down the road and and, and seeing how we've bettered their operation.
0: So can you share some of the success stories that you've had that have helped make a club
4: more profitable? We create custom event specific program guides with a yardage guide component for, um, Large scale multi day invitational member guest type events at your typical equity private club, you know, all across the country. So, when the member checks in with their, with their guest, each player gets a custom book that has their name on the cover. It's customized for that specific event for those next three days, and it has all the flight information, the match schedule. When dinner is on, you know, Wednesday night, when the stag party is, what room this is, it's their Bible for the week, and it has their name on the cover and it just, it's just that extra step that that club has done to enhance that, that experience.
0: You talked a lot today about maintaining personal interaction and personal relationships and being able to sell. And you didn't say it, and I don't mean it in any kind of negative connotation about trying to influence someone. It's something you're passionate about and saying, hey, I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you how great this product or the service is. And I'm passionate about it. Just give it a try. But I think the generation currently today, and a lot of young people that I work with, they lack that ability to have a conversation or a one-on-one personal interaction and connect with someone. I also think they don't realize that really in life everything is sales, whether it's a product or service or convincing someone they should hire you. So say
4: yourself, you're always selling yourself in some way, shape or form.
0: Thank you. Exactly. So what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or somebody who wants to work in the golf business or even outside of the golf business about how to get over those stumbling blocks or just how to try to navigate the waters and be successful in general?
4: Join some type of group, you know, a Rotary Club or a Lions Club or something that that creates or requires some socialization and, and, you know, interaction that you can take from, you know, that sort of learning experience situation into, you know, business dealings and, and, um, you know, essentially learn how to network and not just network on LinkedIn and digitally, you know, network with people.
0: My last question is just a little bit more about Best Approach Publications. If people want to learn more about it, um, we know a lot of course owner operators listen to the show. Where can they find out more about you and the company
4: and the platform? Well, they can reach out to me directly anytime. You know, our our website, www.bestapproach.com has a myriad of the offerings that we have and information in a brief form about what we can do and what we do and um, how to get a hold of me or my sales staff, um, you know, to have a conversation about how we might be able to step in and help out with, um, you know, print or digital products in general.
0: Well, Ben, I thank you so much for all that you're doing in the industry to keep it innovative and I thank you for your time today. It's been a wealth of knowledge and the golf exposed podcast. Thanks you Brown golf. Thanks you so greatly appreciate it. Thank I appreciate
4: so the time and thank you guys for, for all you guys do. And like I said, you know, when we were talking before off air, love the podcast, listen to it. It's entertaining. Keep doing what you guys do. It's awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Ben.
4: I appreciate it.